Thank you for joining us today. This is Worth the Admission Podcast. My name is B. Frank. And I'm Travis. Uh, yeah, I mean, with with something like the escape rooms, especially being like 50 bucks like the Saw one is, you're paying that money to try and get out of a place as fast as possible. And it's an odd concept for sure, but I think something that's like 15 or $20 is just I don't know, more worth it, especially because you only usually have an hour to get out. So, I don't know, something to think about. Yeah, I'm hoping, I believe they're still doing Fright Dome this year. Or I'm actually not quite sure if they, there's been talks of them wrapping it up. You know what I mean? As big as it is and as popular as it is, it just doesn't seem to be the draw that it used to be, especially at the Adventure Dome, which for people who don't know is at the Circus Circus. It's a small amusement park built into the casino. It's uh, it's above a carnival. It's it's just better, a little slightly better build quality than a carnival, but still kind of janky. You've been there before. I mean, I think anybody who's lived in Vegas has been there. So they turn that into during October time. They turn it into a big haunted house uh, festival. Every square foot of it. It's really cool. They only opens at night. But uh, I'm honestly not sure if they still they're still doing it or not because that was the only thing that used to be in town. We get a couple of the pop-up ones that I think everybody else does, but we don't get as much horror stuff here. We get uh, the Saw exhibits, but those just they don't, those don't last. No one goes to see them. They'll, it'll be gone in six months. Yeah, and with something like Fright Dome too, it's the same every year for the most part. So I think if they if they switched it up and did, I don't know, if they did more themed Fright Dome, like obviously you're gonna have the clowns and stuff, and you've got you know, Texas Chainsaw, and you kind of have a mashup of all these things, but I think if they if they really buckled down, I think they could have a theme every year that would keep people coming instead of just kind of a free-for-all. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Universal Studios and Hollywood Horror Nights is kind of the ace for what's around here on the West Coast. They just do such a good job. I think Stranger Things is there again this year. I know they've got some other things planned as well too. They've always they've always go they always go really deep and they they always try to make it fun. So, I mean, as for Halloween things and around this time of year or starting this time of year, that's one of the one that's one of the big ones here, at least. Even though it's a bit of a drive, uh, most people make that drive to go to Hollywood Horror Nights. They've always got something fun going on. Well, just since we're talking about Halloween, what would be your favorite horror movie? Who. I mean, just horror movie in general, that's a tough one. Because which way do you go? I mean, I have a zombie sleeve, for those who don't know, that goes runs my entire arm, and it's just more zombie and death than you can imagine. But do I go that way, or do I go slasher? I mean, I, there's so many that I like. I mean, if you're going to go classic, it has to be Romero's you know, Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. It's just such a good movie. I really think it pushes the envelope for the race, you know, the race car that's kind of played in there, you know, which is kind of very ahead of its time, especially for Romero, because especially when that movie was shot, black and white, zombies, but it, it's just such a good story. You know, it's one of those, It's a, there's a reason why it's a classic. It, it can still be watched to this day and enjoyed. When, and in a world where everything is copywritten or you know, is intellectual property of somebody. Romero really kind of screwed himself when he made that movie because he didn't copyright the word zombie. Because until then, the word zombie didn't really exist. 
and obviously now you have all these different zombie stuff and and you know like the walking dead doesn't call them zombies they call them the dead but they're still zombies and not having copywritten that he's essentially lost out on a shit ton of money but also because of that we've also had movies like 28 days a weeks later and you know things of that nature well that's the thing let's 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 okay say for instance with with zombies i love that you can have so many different incarnations of a zombie is he fast? Is he slow? Is he smart? Is he dumb? I mean, how do they survive? You know, how did they get bitten? How were they infected? You know, all of these stories have something different. I mean, I, I won't lie. I love like Twenty Eight Days Later. One of still one of my favorite zombie movies because I love how fast paced, crazy that movie is, and making those zombies and kind of doing it your own way was great. You know. Danny Boyle killed it when it came to that because to me it was such an original idea that it messed with the rules in a way that Romero built. But with Romero not doing and taking zombies for, you know, say, trademarking that, we were able to have this discussion now. Okay, which one's better? Because there's many different ones out there. There's the scare the shit out of you ones. There's the, the smart ones. like Even like Land of the Dead where they were communicating and going, you know, underwater, but even... You go here, and, you know, that was very interesting, too. It's another rule that can be broken or not be broken. So, I mean, the zombie movies, they just go so deep, and they just have such a rich heritage. I mean, those are just a couple across the board. Well, and then you move into something like Slashers, which is a completely different style. Um, and back in the 80s and 90s were the horror movies that people went to go see. I mean, obviously, earlier than that, you had Psycho, which is kind of a slasher but not a slasher uh it's definitely horror thriller but you know something like scream i think is one that kind of started it off because now you have the scream tv series which the first two seasons were really good surprisingly but the third season was not it started off okay but it just didn't end well but especially in, in shows like that they become meta and, and we're starting to see that more in horror movies today is it's not just straight horror like i watched Bloodfest again the other day and that is both horror and meta to where it's like okay how do you survive like you the characters ask them ask themselves how do i survive this what have i learned from watching horror movies that will help me survive this and it brings a different element into those kinds of movies Instead of just, you know, like you had Jamie Kennedy's character in the Scream, first three Scream movies, and he's like, oh, you know, don't have sex, don't say I'll be right back. He was the guy that was meta about it, but now they're like, okay, this is what I have to do because I've seen all these. Because of that, you get shows like Slasher on Netflix, which is really good in itself. And now we're kind of oversaturated, and you have to find a way... To make it different enough, but still similar enough to bring people into that slasher world. Well, I mean, if you want to go off of television, I mean, you've got American Horror Story 1984 that just premiered, I think, last night. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but you've, that's another, that's a, a new take on a, a story we've seen, heard or seen before. So I'm interested to see how, you know, they take that for a TV show perspective. But I mean... Taking it to the film, the root pro, you know, the, not even the root problem of it all, where we go to is... 
When you watch a slasher, you're one of two people. You're either the person on the edge of their seat not sure what's going to happen, or you're, you're the person that's been there a million times, and it's almost like a greatest hits. Almost like going to see your favorite band in concert, because you know what's coming. And even if you don't know, because they do try and trick you, for the most part, they're all the same. And I think that's kind of the fun thing with slashers. You know, I know zombies are all the same. You know, get bit, have a bunch of people die, and you've got to try and save the world. Even though usually the world never gets saved, it just gets taken and overrun. That's kind of their... That's their storyline versus a slasher where you have a mysterious killer, probably masked, that just terrorizes a bunch of teenagers in an undisclosed location as he picks them apart. I mean, there's elements to it that are just fun, but I, I, I think we've seen so much of why basically what we define as horror, you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween. I mean, those are the two staples that you can arguably or say are the greatest of all time in, in horror. And honestly, I think are the flagships. But those movies there, I think, tell so much of what we want to see. With I understand the Scream TV show. I honestly think that never needed to exist because I thought the movies were so strong on their oh, own. Didn't. I even think with Scream 4, Scream 4 was great. And it just took such a long time after everything that it just felt, you know, the continuation of the story felt good. It felt fresh. I, that's the reason why I liked it so much is they took the rules, they threw the rules out the window because they wanted you to think a certain way and they made it exciting again. They made those jump scares fun. They made the story overall fun because you got to feel that same way of, oh shit, here it comes, someone's dying, or you know, the big pivotal moment. You knew all of it was coming and they never disappointed with that. Even when the turn at the end and you wanted to have that, you were still satisfied with it. Well, and especially with... with Something like Leatherface, it's based off of real events, and that makes it that much scarier in its own right. You know, you something like American Horror Story is all stories that, you know, maybe have been told in the past. Something like 1984. Uh, I watched the episode last night, and it's reminiscent of... I know what you did last summer, Halloween... You know, it it has a lot of these plays within it, and I'm excited to see where it goes because it is slasher-related. I was looking at the episode count yesterday, and it seems like it might be split like Season 6, Roanoke was, to where the first five episodes deal with, you know, either this story or this part of the story, and the last five deal with something else. But, obviously, it just started, so we'll have to find out. I mean, even even... The Haunting of Hill House, which came out last year on Netflix. It was Netflix's first true horror mo- uh, horror TV show. And it was really good. It was scary. And it was all about the situational horror. It was, you know, I think there, there was only one jump scare. And the director told the actor, come out whenever you want. And so the actors were expecting the scene to go on another minute. And then they jumped right in and scared the shit out of them. I jumped out of my seat, but it was the only jump scare that was there. And it's cool because you shouldn't have to rely on jump scares, especially nowadays, because the suspension of disbelief for the audience is harder to maintain. So if you just jump scare at them, they're not going to enjoy it more. They want a richer story. And I think something like The Haunting of Hill House, which is now become an anthology series and I think the next season's coming out next year it's still scary and you have to make it scary 
as far as what would you do in this situation versus watching somebody else in that situation. So I'm going to take it all the way back to our original question, which you asked me, which is, what is my favorite horror movie of all time? I'm now going to take that back because it was... I, it's hard because I also think The Shining is one of the greatest horror movies. I mean, I you can put it in with that. I, to me, it truly is because I think the, the the way the storytelling is and the way it's shot is beautiful. I mean, that feeling of that entire movie being stuck in a hotel and just the slipping into madness that you see is great and it's terrifying. I mean... I, I don't I remember seeing the first time I saw that scene for The Shining was actually watching Twister when they're in the scene at the movie through the drive-in movie theater and the kid turns the corner and they're showing that scene and <laughs> the, the twins are sitting there. That's actually the first time I ever saw that scene of that movie. And then I went back because that actually scared me at the time. I was also a kid and many years later ended up seeing The Shining and it really still resonates to this day. You know, thinking about it, I mean. In terms of horror, I think it's more there. I know it's more psychological horror, but to me, I still think it has enough horror elements and the way it's portrayed and the way that the scares are makes it, to me, feel like more of a horror movie. The first horror movie that scared me, and I think I was 12 or 13 at the time, was Saw, because it was so simple. Uh, I mean, you had two people just stuck in a room, and then basically that night... My door was open and I just locked eyes on the hallway closet and made sure that no pig was jumping out of there. Because if that thing moved, I was ready. And it didn't, and I slept like shit last night, but I also lived. So, <laughs> And then I remember watching The Exorcist for the first mm. time, which I think I was about, about uh, the that's same. That's another good one. My dad said that it scared the hell out of him when it came out. It was the scariest movie that had come out at the time. And I watched it. It's a great example of the difference of time because you have the original which when it came out was in a world where religion I guess was more played a bigger part and because of that you had you know this is what demons could do this is kind of how it would play out but later on you don't have those strong specific ties it doesn't come off the same so it's not as scary although it is entertaining to watch Nowadays, again, with the suspension of disbelief, you have to make a story that draws the audience in. And even if you do have something unexpected, you have to you have to do it in a way that is unexpected. And I think that's... I, I commend horror filmmakers for that because that is a lot more difficult to do nowadays. Ari Aster, who just had uh, Midsummer and did Hereditary, you know, it Midsummer itself was really good you know it's almost it's two and a half hours long three and a half for the director's cut but it was all set during the day and it was all uncomfortable situations it was all you know you being there what would it be like to have to deal with this and, and really not be able to leave it brings in that that extra element of what it means to actually scare people and do it in a way that's scary now yeah and that's kind of the thing that we have to take away is the progression and something like that that has to push the envelope because nowadays it's not it's it's become a lot harder to scare people. We've seen a lot of what can be done. I mean, we've seen everybody's seen someone killed now in a horror movie and things like that. So it's really hard to come out and bring out something different and that psychological thriller. You know, bringing that element and bringing it more to you to your level and bringing it 
and making you think about it internally and sells the horror so much more. I mean, 10 years ago, it was all about like paranormal activity and everything like <laughs> that. Like that was the progression. No, no joke. That was a small indie movie that made a bunch of money and it progressed along. And now we're seeing just these psychological horrors and these questions that we ask ourselves a little going a little bit deeper into ourselves for a movie I mean, it's terrifying, It, but it's it's a great terrifying because it satisfies you so much more than going, oh, look at that, that's scary, and then moving on with your life. When you can bring that, bring, a, bring both elements together, it's great. It's not done a whole lot, and it's very, very hard to do. Like Jordan Peele, obviously, we can talk about his movies. I mean, those are a little bit more thrillers, but I mean, when you're talking in terms of something that's being on the edge of your seat that makes you think and that scares you, you know he's doing it more modern day like a lot of them here but that's that progression that we've seen now as we've gotten to this point but it doesn't always have to be you know i don't always say rip your arm off but it doesn't always have to be gore i mean it just can be just enough in the inside and just flashes or just little things of terror is what goes so much further nowadays when and we've started to see a rise in over the last i'd say 10 years or so horror comedy I think the very first horror comedy movie that I watched was a movie on Netflix we found called Housebound. And the whole time we were torn because we're like, is this supposed to be a comedy or is it supposed to be a horror? Because there were moments that were frightening and scary, but then on other moments that you laughed your ass off. And I think the, the best representation of that is probably Tucker and Dale versus Evil because you yeah, get... Yeah, no, that's a solid movie. You get that, that hor- horror element but there's really no horror and it's all just mis- mistaken identity, mistaken understanding. It makes it enjoyable while also a little bit frightening. Or even Get Out where it had its its actual cracking funny moments, but then, you know, like the scene where he's in the room with the wife and she's doing the tea and clinking the spoon, that was a scary scene because it's like this is this is something that could happen. You know, you could hypnotize somebody to into a state that they can't move. Total paralysis without actually being asleep. And so I think that's something that Jordan Peele has done very well. And he has the background in comedy to be able to pull that off too, I think. Oh, But I think with being able to tell a comedy story also helps you tell a story so much better as well too. Because you're setting up those moments. You're expecting people to laugh at certain punchlines. It's like doing that, just reversing that element too. And you can do it with horror. You're basically taking the predictable moments and trying to move them around to give people a more enjoyable experience. You know, if you always know what's coming from the punchline, it's never as much fun as you know when something comes out from the woodwork that you weren't always expecting. Nowadays, those storytellers do a lot better job than just, hey, here's a camp, here's five kids, there's a madman, have fun, and that's it. Or even, I still think, like, when you're talking funny movies that are possible scary, it's like Shaun of the Dead, to me, is still one of those things, even though it's not scary by any means. The zombie elements that are put into that are done so well that you can't help but look at it and give it some respect. Even not in a horror movie aspect, but just as from carrying a, a, pers- a part of the genre in a different direction. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, Silas Tay is still talked about. When you, If you just talk about what's your favorite zombie movie, it's Shaun of the Dead. I mean, there's no hands down. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's a, one of my favorite zombie movies. But I, you talk about what's your favorite you know, horror movie, it, you know, up there is Night of the Living Dead. You know, it's just one of those, it's another complete zombie movie, but it's taken in the complete separate direction. 
I like the state of where horror is. I mean, there's a lot of things to look forward to. Three from Hell's coming out soon. I think that's, if not already in Fandango or Fathom Events or whatever. I, it's... I think over. I think over this weekend it had like a three night run. Rob Zombie is another interesting one because he's he's horror for the sake of horror. Mm-hmm. When like his first Halloween movie that he did, right. I enjoyed because it was a different take. Mm-hmm. The oh, second so one was not that good, and then you had, last year obviously you had the the Halloween continuation, which was a continuation from the very first Halloween. Yeah. From oh 77. yeah. Seventy-seven. And there's, I mean, that's going to be a trilogy in itself as well. You've got Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, I think, are the next two movies that are planned to come out for that franchise. I will say I am surprised at how they were able to keep Michael Myers relevant in those kind, in in the latest Halloween movie, you know, in a world with remakes and reboots and obviously with something like Friday the 13th and Halloween where you have 47 different movies that were made with the character it's nice to see that they're just like, no, fuck it, we're just going to make a sequel to the original and disregard the 37 that followed. And but it, to me, that's cool, it though. It worked really well. Well, that's the thing. is It's really cool because you're making up your own rules. But I feel like in, in today's world, you can do that. If you're going to reboot the character, there's no rebooting Michael Myers to me. You know, there's really not. It's always a continuation. Or as always, I feel like it should be because that's, these are... Horror movies are those set of movies where you can't just have three. There's never just three. You know, nowadays there may be some of the bigger ones, but look at how many Jason movies we've had and how many Halloweens and Freddy, you know, Krueger's or Nightmare on Elm Street. It's all of these have so many sequels, and that's and that's cool. I'm okay with that. It's not a big deal. But to keep them relevant though is such a hard thing to do. And we went through those troubling times where. The early 2000s where we had the remakes of horror movies, which were just done to be for popularity's sake because it was kind of a... Like Friday the a different side, a, a different kind of pop culture, I, I, I want to put it as. Because it wasn't like today's pop culture where people respect the craft and if they want something new, people are taking it from the point of loving the original. Back then it was more, oh, we haven't done this in a while, let's put a flashy new spin on it and put it out there. And they sucked and Jason they were bad. And they... Okay, fine. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I, I was going to refuse to just ignore that one. But it's to me, you were taking him and making unrealistic, and that didn't make it greater. You know, just because you made one and put him in outer space, whoop de fucking do. But to me, when you're looking at something like nowadays, they've ta- bring they've brought the horror back because they've simplified it again. People don't want this fancy new package. They want to just go and enjoy a good story, which nowadays can be told and be scary. Before it had to be scary and just had the elements that followed the story along so we could get to the ending. That's what a lot of them were. Okay, well now you have to survive the night or now you have to get away from this person. That's all it was. Now we have a deep tie, which is a great thing about tying a character, what, 40 years back? Yeah. You're tying a movie and its characters back 40 years and tying it together and ending it. A, you're lucky enough to have those characters still around and living. But also, B, you're closing a loop on probably one of the greatest horror movies of all time, or at least slashers, is that first Halloween. Hands down, oh, yeah. to me, was, fan- my was fantastic and was a game changer. But it's cool that we now, in 2019, 40-odd years later, because I think it was 78 when that came out, you're able to go back 
and watch that and go, oh, cool. Now there's a continuation. I can watch this and be happy with this where before you didn't care. They're still making you care about these characters that much time longer. By not killing that main character then, which was a big deal because everybody used to die or it wouldn't have mattered as much, you're taking that and it blew into something so much more. That's why with Halloween, I think it holds in regard of one of being one of the favorites or to me being one of the best because it did that. And honestly, I their movies are more enjoyable to me. I don't care if it's Hollywood you know, or uh, Halloween H2O. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I still enjoy every bit of those movies together. I don't know. I just find that the more you don't know about that character and the more mysterious they've made him, that it's, I don't know, just makes it scarier when you see him. You really feel the deadness in his eyes. Mm-hmm. When he's built as kind of just someone who is then wants to kill people. Especially Michael, he's he was written and built in a way that he can survive crazy shit, and there's really no explanation for it. Uh, that's okay, because when it first came out, nobody needed to know why he didn't die, why he was, you know, okay being shot and stabbed. You know, if you were to create a brand new horror character like that, the audience would... Reject it. The audience would need to know why he doesn't die but because that precedent was set so many years ago it, it's kind of like the force even if you've never seen a the star lore. wars movie you know what the force is even if nobody really knows what the force is you know what it is and it's just there and you're okay with it because that's just the way that it is but it's hard to introduce that to audiences nowadays without some type of explanation because Everybody is smarter overall than they were 40 years ago. And also, we, we have the ability, technology, and people want to see something different than what they were used to seeing before then. Because movies have progressed so much more. And I'm not talking just in terms of technology, but how we tell stories and how people take stories are so completely different. And before, the, like I said, you didn't want a huge storyline. You just wanted to, you were going to see a scary movie because it was scary. Or you heard it was scary. Or something happens that you've never seen before. Unlike being in 2019 where I I want to be terrified. And a lot of people do. And But to do that, you can't just show me a hack and slash movie. you got to make me think that this shit's real. And it's a very real possibility. And a lot of them do a great job of trying to tie that in. You know, and making either random attacks or making it so heinous. Like, one of my favorites is still the re- the remake of Funny Games that was probably done in, what, 06? Mm-hmm. I think it was. Terrifying movie. And not much happens other than two kids come up to a lake house and terrorize a family for 90 minutes. Like, it, it is scary. And the way they remade it was so, much, so well done because there was no music, no nothing. It was so silent. And it made you think that this could be a real thing that could happen. Versus 40 years ago where you're just driving down a road in backwoods and you make a wrong turn and then all of a sudden you've got a whole community that's after you in a Texas Chainsaw, you know, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, that stuff's not going to happen. You know, it takes the, you know, realistic. Maybe at that time that was something that could have happened, but I think that's why some of them, we look at those as just classics and they're movies to be movies and we don't see them nowadays as scary. We just see them more as just arts and, you know, a bit of art and a bit of film. You know, they... They carry the genre as much as I think they are in a museum that people should watch them to understand. But 
other than that, the stuff nowadays is really what it's nice to focus on because you want to see what happens next. How are you going to scare me now? Right now, it's all psychological. What's going to be the next thing? What you know is it going to be an advancement in technology that's going to make me feel more inside a movie VR or you know something that's going to really bring me in that's going to terrify me? I won't try a VR horror thing. That I I'm not to that point yet. I don't need to be terrified <laughs> that badly. But in terms of realistic of what can you play on a story that I haven't seen before or what can you make me see from a different angle that's going to go, wow, that was scary. Something that the creator and director of The Haunting of Hill House even said, he's like, especially in a TV show that's 10 episodes, you know, something that's longer than an hour and a half, you can't just focus on jump scares because eventually the audience is going to be like, well, I'm over the jump scares and it's, it's more about the story now. And, and the story has to be scary enough for the audience member to think, wow, this is scary. Like, I am scared. There's a, there's a little part of a scene in one of the episodes where Tall Man just kind of floats in, and all you see is his feet. You know, but that, in that situation, you've got a kid under the bed who's terrified, and you see this thing floating that he saw in the hallway, and that is what's scary. It's not the fact that, you know... All of a sudden, it, you don't see him anymore, and he just appears. He's just there. The presence of the scary thing is there. It's the cell, and that's I think that's what we all bite into. I think it's it's the reason why people love horror movies is that ride, getting that feeling the first time of being scared, but knowing it's all right, and seeing something that you're like, "What in the world is this?" And it's just it blows your mind. And I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I still watch horror movies. And they do enough. I mean, it's just like anything else. Like, there's plenty of scary stuff out there. I'm not saying uh, I'm invincible. Shit still scares me. Trust me. There are plenty of things that still scare me out there that they make. But I think it's also fun to watch that and be scared and going, oh, cool. Like, I, there's that feeling again. Like, there's that, that. I think that's the togetherness that people feel when they watch or have a feeling when watching a horror movie. You're like, oh, here it comes. There's that moment again. There's not many kinds of movies that do that. Like, you can like a movie. But then be like, okay, cool. I, you know, I liked it. Or I might like a certain scene on something. But there's never something that gives you a feeling of that rush of like, oh, yeah, I love this part. Or if you're watching with somebody who's never seen it before and you're like, oh, they're going to get scared the shit out of this time. Like, there's just so much. There's another element and level behind horror movies that I think are just so much fun. I think that's why it's not just the last two weeks of the month for Halloween. You know, now I think people draw out horror movies and everything. Of course, it's a year-long thing, but I think the celebration of horror movies goes now four weeks out of, I think it's the entire month of October that you see horror movies on and people get into that feeling and having that fun of being scared again because it's just, it's that bit of uncertainty that we all get to have that we can control every day. Oh, I don't know what's coming around that corner. If you've never seen the movie before and you close your eyes and you try to peer through your fingers, you know, when you're a little kid, people still want to have that feeling. So to me, bravo to people doing movies today, especially horror movies. It's fun. It makes me smile because it's another another bit of weirdness that comes out in the world because a lot of horror movies now are just plain weird too. And that's kind of also what sells them is... How weird can you make something that's an original idea that still makes you want to care and be scared and have fun, you know, and go through that experience? Because you know when horror movies are good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're bad. And some, there's there's very few that are good bad. But for the most of them, they're just bad. You know, you never get to forget 
you're the classics. I mean, they're always going to be there. I think it's one of those staples every year. I think they're like Christmas movies in the terms of like people like what they like, they have what they have, and they're never going to waver from that. And that's cool. But also, I like that you can love a slasher. Like, I know you, if we had to pick between older and newer slasher, I know you would be more of a scream guy. Just like my wife is definitely like, she loves scream. That's her favorite yeah. thing. But Spot on. Yeah, I will I will take Halloween movies all day long. Give me Halloween, you know, I'll, I'll take all of them. Even over Friday the 13th, as much as I love, you know, Even Jason Season Borges of the Witch? And... God damn it. <laughs> I hate you. You had to really gotta, gotta pull out those weird ones, yeah. Between huh? Jason X, I mean, you also got Freddy versus Jason, which was completely awful, but also somewhat fun to watch. Because you've never no, the, seen them before, just like the, Alien versus Predator like I said, for some reason. There's some of those ones that are just so great or so bad that they're entertaining and that you just have to watch or they're just a part of it. Kind of like how like Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, like it's just there. It's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's there in that universe. You just kind of have to accept it and you move on. And it's fun to watch. Go. Yeah, it's it's fun every once in a while. You'll put it on like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. Oh, yeah, it still sucks, but it... I still like it. You know, it's still part of everything else that that I love with these characters. And that's kind of the thing is you can replace the characters a million times. You just can't replace that one. And it never yeah. they never age. You know, you can keep rebooting these characters, especially the well, I guess the ones that are you know, have a mask on. You they never age or you never have to age them. They can be 200 years old for all we know. And they can be just been ripping up people, you know, since the Civil War. We don't know. It's just, it's one of those great mysteries, and we don't have to answer these logical questions of how long have they been around? We don't know. Yeah. Obviously, in a world of remakes and reboots, it's just a matter of time before we get another Friday the 13th or Freddy or, you know, we get another movie reboot from the old days. And if they could do it right and do it well enough to, to be different but the same tonight be down like the i think it was 2008 maybe 2010 friday the 13th i know that uh, nightmare on elm street was remade in 2010 with jackie earl haley but they weren't bad but they still lacked something that made them as entertaining as the originals and maybe it was just them trying too hard i think if i think if someone like ari aster wrote and directed one of those kinds of movies I think we'd be able to see a horror movie that's a slasher, but also a story that is scary as well. So you have that scare from all sides instead of just any time Michael's on screen, you get scared because somebody's probably going to die. As much as I would love to see the progression with them, I also wonder how, how much do you have to go deeper with them. I mean, Halloween's doing it very well with this trilogy, and I'd like to see how well this takes off, and I honestly think this is the guinea pig to see if they can take a trilogy from the beginning and kind of not reboot it, but kind of finish the story 20 years later or 40 years later, however long it's been, because I think it's going to determine how well, how, how big of a writer director can you get to push the story further? If you're going to work this, because at a certain point, I don't want to be bored down too much with caring that much about the character, because at the end of the day, I, I, I care about them, but I've also cared about them since the moment I started watching horror movies. And which is with anybody, whether you're 50 years old, 20 years old, or somewhere in between. I'm going to remember that character as it is. I don't need you to reinvent that character and make it deeper. Because I've had 40 years worth of movies. And though you may be only picking up after that first one, 
you have to do a lot of things right and not right to try and be able to pick up where that from where that character left off. I think they got lucky with Halloween and the way they the way they left it open because now it works out oddly that they can build off of that first movie this so many years longer. But as for anything newer nowadays, they can gear and build towards whatever they want to build because they can go at their own pace if they plan on going with something bigger or a, a character that they know is going to going to work or an adaptation of something that they know will work past one movie. But for the most part, when you're looking at independent movies it's or just independent kind of movies or horror movies in general, like you're only going to get a one-off. Very rarely do you get something. I think the biggest thing that I know that got a, a remake was like Hatchet 2. That was like the lowest thing that I remember that had Hatchet. <laughs> oh my Hatchet god! And that yeah. that did not need a remake, or that did not need a sequel. No, it didn't. It that was, first one was well enough for me. It was just a strange. That was like. It was definitely enough for me. I don't know if it was well enough, but it was definitely a enough for me. I, I and again, maybe that's maybe that was uh, one of the first tries at horror comedy. Maybe it was not supposed to be a comedy, but I laughed. No, oh, it was not supposed to be a comedy that, that I'm aware of. <laughs> It's been a while since I've actually seen have, that movie. Like, The Hills Have Eyes, Wrong Turn, all the way up to, like, Wrong Turn 7. You can only make so many wrong turns before you get on the right road. How many fucking roads are, are around there? <laughs> it's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I think in the coming years, we're going to start to see a rise in horror again. And I think we're, I think you're right, I think the Halloween movies are kind of a test. And I would love to see a Friday the 13th movie done again. You know, because at this point it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. So I'm excited to see it. I uh, I can't say no, don't make it. But if they are, then make it in a way that's going to be scary and reminiscent of the original without trying to be the original itself. Honestly, if I was going to do a Friday the 13th, I would take it back to before even the first one and his childhood, Jason's childhood, and going from there. I mean... If you're gonna do, if you're gonna dive through, do that. Uh, the backstory is the first one. Do the actual first Friday the Thirteenth as the second movie, and then you're gonna make a. I would make one more after that. Whether you wanted to kill Jason off at that point instead of having him live through all these, re, you know, incarnations. But if you were gonna retell that story, I would completely reboot it from the beginning and start there and do three movies. Because honestly, a psychological thriller where I saw that kid turn into that person, you know, into that murder, like. That would be cool to see. But I'd also like to see the thought process of uh, Jason's mom, too, in that first one. Because leading up to <laughs> how everything happens at that camp, I would be fucking fascinated. Because to me, I think the lore of what would go deeper into that would it w- doesn't stump a lot of people, but I think a lot of people would be very interested in a movie that went along with those first events of his childhood that turned him into Jason, the Jason Jason that we know. I just think that would be cool. Just because they're doing it slightly now with Halloween and going more the psychoanalytical route, which is bringing back characters, which is making it fun, but at the same time, too, is also letting the movie be what it needs to be. So I I like going deeper in that sense. I mean, going really, really deep with Jason is kind of a contradictory to what I said earlier, but it's a story where I think of that out of anything I would want to see go deeper, that would be the one. Well, as we as we kind of close out, do you have any final thoughts? Any my final thoughts is enjoy the horror that we've got. Remember where we've where we've started from. There's so much fun things. I think one of the big factors from horror at growing up is also just the makeup and everything crazy that went along with it, and how they did what they did when they needed to do it. Because back then they didn't have computers to do so many of these CGI scenes. 
So it's really cool to see. Best ones always are the older ones that age very well. I think with certain movies, even when they're older, people don't want to go back and revisit them. I think horror is one of those genres where you can go back and watch something. I mean, I haven't didn't even get into to the monster movies and Universal monster movies and horror back then. How we've been yeah. going for a hundred years. We went more from like our what was our parents' like favorite kind of movies and what was around their age and what we liked because that's what we grew up on. But there's so much more behind it, and we'll do maybe do another deep dive going in next month uh, with some more Halloween stuff. Maybe we'll bring a list of uh, uh, of different movies. But we'll. But there's just so much. I would just say go out there and have fun. Look at Netflix because they've got so many horror movies, B horror movies on there. Hulu has their series of every month they come out with a different horror movie, which is uh, very cool to have. And so if you're always looking for something once a month, they've always got fun stuff that they always put out. So they've got been going back for a while they've got a whole laundry list of backed horror movies just be horror movies but fun stuff you know and you've always got everything else out there so for horror movies that's all i've got is just uh you know enjoy what you enjoy and like what you like and i I always love zombie movies so it's what i grew up on it's what i'll love you know till till i can't watch movies anymore till you become one yourself till i basically become a zombie (laughs) myself i've already got the bite on me so with that being said I am B. Frank. And I'm Travis. And we are worth the admission. Goodbye. Goodbye.